Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're looking at Mount Hayes, Alaska, and a remote viewer who might have seen too much. That's correct, Mount Hayes, Alaska, and a remote viewer who might have seen too much. Now, specifically, we're talking about a man named Pat Price, who back in the 70s was hired by the CIA to do some remote viewing. Abstentionally, it was to spy on Russia. But things quickly expanded, and he was doing everything from looking at looking for UFO bases, it looks like, to finding uh, natural resources such as coal seams and whatnot. And we have to wonder if Mr. Price didn't talk about this to the wrong people or was just viewed as a threat by the deep state because he died a very strange death not that long after. Now, the first article we have here comes to us from infinityexplorers.com. The title says, CIA Secret Remote Viewing by Pat Price, Underground Alien Bases and Manipulation of Humanity. And it's written by Kastab Chowherdi, April 9th, 2022. The star's office says, Pat Price was very skilled when it came to the field of remote viewing. His abilities were so well known that the CIA recruited him into an elite group in 1973. He was particularly hired by the Office of Technical Services and its Office of Research and Development. Price was hired in order to gather some of the most closely guarded secrets of the former Soviet Union. The U.S. government could theoretically do away with its secret agents and instead have a near army of psychic spies watching the enemy via the power of the human mind. So that was the idea. We're not going to have to worry about having spies anymore and putting people in danger. We'll just sit here in an office somewhere and then we'll just remote view everything. It'll be great. The CIA assigned the first mission to Price, which was to try to locate a domestic target. So they're trying him out. Specifically, a national security agency runs secret installation. Price's abilities were such that he, within no time, in an extraordinary manner, identified the purpose of the facility. So they tried him out. It turns out this guy has got mad skills, and they're ready to go. It says Pat Price who had no military or intelligence background, provided a list of project titles associated with current and past activities, including one of extreme sensitivity. Also, the code name of the site was provided. Other information concerning the physical layout of the site was accurate. So he sits in his office. He does this remote viewing thing. He sees the building. He sees where it's at. He's walked around inside of it, you know, in his mind. He's even looking at documents and telling them what's written on these documents. Pretty impressive this is all true. Shortly after joining the CIA, Price found himself embroiled in many dangerous investigations that involved foreign agencies as well as military and intelligence operations. Such operations were given to him that included the targeting of Soviet embassies and military bases in Libya a number of times. Things to, took an unexpected but spectacular turn in Pat's life and profession in 1974. The task of remotely viewing Alaska's Mount Hayes was assigned to him. So he starts off spying on the Russians, Soviets, and now it's like, hey, we want you to look at Mount Hayes in Alaska. One has to wonder why the CIA would be spying on the United States as the CIA's remote viewing project was meant to spy on other countries that would be a potential threat to the United States. There was a valid and interesting reason behind this. While Price was remote viewing the huge Mount Hayes, he observed a giant extraterrestrial civilization operating out of the mountain's depths, buried deep inside. Keep in mind, Mount Hayes is located right there within the Alaska Triangle, as it's called, well known for paranormal UFO activity. In addition, those aliens resembled humans very much, but their eyes and internal organs were slightly different. 
price was assigned the task of remote viewing Mount Hayes, indicating that CIA agents were already aware of what was going on in the mountain's deepest reaches. Now, if you've ever flown over over Alaska, you look down and there's just it seems like the mountains just go on forever. It's just just the most spectacular, uh, beautiful, desolate thing you can imagine. Just miles and miles and miles of nothing but these rugged peaks and snow. Not a road, not a person, nothing. So why would they pick out this one mountain? It says, it is still not known to what extent the CIA knew about the alien base. As one might expect, the CIA maintains its top secret information behind lock and key. Goes on, it says, the most disturbing aspect of the X-Files type situations was that the aliens could manipulate, or to be precise, mind control us through, quote, thought transfer for motor control of us. He believed so because the more Price dug into the mountain, the more he became obsessed and fascinated by the presence of the aliens. However, things did not end there. Price reported to CIA handlers about the three about three more alien bases hidden in the mountains. This made him nervous but excited at the same time. The three mountains located were Mount Zeal, Mount Perdido in the Pyrenees Mountains, and Zimbabwe's Mount Inyangane. This particular piece of information bothered the CIA very much. So it seems like they were okay with Pat Price doing this remote viewing as long as he stayed inside his box. Now they told him to remote view Mount Hayes, which he did. And they seemed like maybe they were okay with that. Maybe they knew that this base was there. They were just checking in on these things to find out what's going on. But he did a couple other things. He found out that these aliens were trying to exert mind control over people, almost like this, uh, you know, theory of entanglement with quantum physics, controlling something from thousands of miles away or maybe light years away. And he pointed this out. These things are capable of mind control. They're capable of controlling people and affecting people's actions. And then he also pointed out to the CIA where these other alien bases were located at, as he saw them in Mount Zeal, Mount Perdido, the Pyrenees Mountains, Zimbabwe's Mount Inyangani. Now the CIA is not so excited that he knows all this stuff. You know, you know their motto, on a need-to-know basis. Then I, this is back in the early, what, 73, 74. At this time, I mean, this is before Carter comes into office. And remember what we're, we're told, that when he asked to see the UFO material, he was told that's on a, on a need-to-know basis and you don't need to know. So it kind of sets Mr. Price up for some potential difficulties. And that does look like what happened to him. Now, in this article from Rinks.com, the date on it says 3171. So I'm not sure if this is dated American style or European style, where it's March 17th, 01, or if it's March 1st, 2017. Either way, the title of the article, and I'll put links to this stuff on the website, and you can get there from Buy Me a Coffee. It says the very strange death of the top remote viewer, Pat Price. And then it has the authors listed, Terry Miller, Frank Turrell, blah, blah, blah. And it has their uh, their emails here. It says, Pat Price's behavior seemed to get more bizarre, according to another associate whom we will call Frank Perlman, who, who has intimate knowledge of Price's whereabouts, concerns, and contents, and was fully aware, as was put off, that the SRI exper- experiments, is the, re- the remote viewing, being reported were in fact not the experiments being funded. The purpose of at least one of them, Perlman had talked to Pat about, was to develop a means of communicating with nuclear subs under the polar ice cap. So here we go again. The government gives these guys money to fund one project. Just like we talked about Skinwalker Ranch, you're looking for UFOs and you end up investigating paranormal. 
looks like the same thing here. We find out that they're supposed to be looking for Russians. They end up finding UFO bases, and then they're trying to communicate with submarines under the polar ice pack. And then we find out later on in this article that they were also looking for natural resources like coal seams. So, you know, the deep state's kind of like the mob. If they find an angle on something, they're going to bust out every angle on it. And it seems like this is what was going on here. Perlman, it says, is a former Marine veteran who had served in Vietnam and following Price's death, it says that he decided that him and his wife would just kind of fade into the scene. They, as he put it, didn't want to paint a bullseye on their bodies. Now, remember, this is Pat Price. This is this guy who they're talking about with the pseudonym of Frank Perlman. And he was the guy reportedly that was with Frank a couple days before he mysteriously died. It's a very strange way. It says he was having some, Frank was having some problems a couple days before his death. It says small bouts of dyslexia. Now, that seems strange to me. If a person who didn't have dyslexia, why would you all of a sudden have it? But he's having these symptoms. Then it says Price, according to Perlman, had flown from West Virginia to Washington, D.C., where he had met with people from the Office of Naval Intelligence and National Security. Now, he goes there to uh, D.C., he has his briefcase full of documents, and then he's got a meeting to go. Uh, it says from D.C., he flew to Salt Lake City, where he met with his son, who, interestingly enough, had a position on President Gerald Ford's White House staff. There you go again. Deep State keeping it all in the family. So we have Mr. Price. He's, he's going from D.C. to Salt Lake City. He's talking to his kid. Says he spent two or three hours with his son and then flew on to Las Vegas. Now, according to this fellow, Price is still in possession of these documents. He's going to Vegas after having this meeting with them, stopping off in Salt Lake City, talking to his kids. Then it says the date of the meetings, both in Washington, D.C. and Salt Lake City, was July 13, 1975. Price arrived in Las Vegas about 4.30 or 5 in the afternoon and was picked up at the airport by this Frank, that's a pseudonym, remember, and his wife, Sherry. From there, they went to the Stardust Hotel to register. On the way to the registration desk, a man accidentally bumped into Price. Whether or not this bump was in any way significant is open to conjecture. Now, I don't know. I have to think that it is because look what happens next. Once registered, that's not too long after he gets bumped into, it says, Pat, Pat says he began to feel lousy and announced he was going to hit the sack early. At about 5 o'clock on July 14, 1975, Price called Frank on the hotel telephone and asked him to come to his room, which was two doors down because he had been in pain all night and was having trouble breathing. By now, Price's back and shoulder muscles were tense and knotted, and he said he had been having severe stomach cramps as well as cramps in his back muscles throughout the night. He was coherent and not complaining of any pain in his arms or in his chest area. He was sweating freely. It says Perlman rendered what aid he could until Price indicated that he felt better and thought he could get some sleep. Now, it says again, it was now at 6.30 in the morning. Now, back in his room, Sherry and Frank talked it over and decided between themselves that they should call a doctor. So, after having Frank show up and they go through all this, well, yeah, we better call a doctor. It says when Frank entered room this time, the second time, he found Price was sitting upright in bed, rigid from the waist up and staring. His face was extremely flushed, but according to Frank, he was calm. He said, quote, I think I will be all right now. Then his body went into a reverse arc so that only the back of his head and his heels were actually touching the bed. Now imagine that he's laying in bed and he's just come up out of that bed like it's like a scene of the exorcist or something. That's weird. Frank heard what he described as a death rattle breath sound. 
By the time he got to the bed, Price was no longer breathing. Frank began to administer CPR. Then it goes on until they tried to call down to the desk of a doctor. Finally, a hotel maintenance guy shows up. They get 911 in there. They put the paddles on uh, Pat Price to shock him. Frank says, hey, I was holding on to this guy's feet. And when they put the shockers on, I didn't feel anything. Seems kind of strange to me. So they shock him again. Still nothing. Finally, they get him out of there and Frank calls put off he says it says put off said yes get anything at all we had with him about the sri experiments anything that looked like it had to do with or remotely related to the work here so then it goes on and says that the hotel security came up and collected up uh, pat's papers which seems strange to me to me it seems like the police would do that but i don't know they go on they talk about it they said they got all these papers uh, collected on, on instructions of this Putoff guy. Then he goes on, he says, in Los Angeles, the material was turned over to Putoff, who had flown up for the purpose of retrieving them. Putoff pointed out Price's case officer from the Office of Naval Intelligence to Perlman. The case officer had come to attend a funeral. As they talked, Frank mentioned that he and Sherry were going to drive back to their home in Portland. Putoff asked if they would stop in Palo Alto on the way up north, which Frank said he would do. Then it goes on and says, um, Hal made some excuses about having difficulties with either his mother or his mother-in-law, and basically it says something like the meeting didn't take place. As during breakfast, Frank attempted to talk about Price, but each time he brought the subject up, Putoff put him off with let's wait until we get over to the house to talk about it. They followed Putoff to his house in the car. Once there, his wife escorted them to what Frank described as a small library-type room. While Putoff excused himself, he returned in about five minutes, and then he proceeded to tell me that he that the, re that the research he didn't have anything to do with intelligence. Such agencies were not involved at all, he insisted, and Pat certainly had not been involved with them. So this is where you kind of go in after the guy uh, has died or been taken out or whatever. And just it sounds to me like just kind of the cleanup crew coming in. So you have Pat Price, who has now ended up mysteriously and unexplainably dead. Uh, the guy, the handler here of this put-off, whoever it is, he, he picks up the material uh, in L.A. from the other guy who was with Pat. And it seems as though they just want to drop it. They don't want to talk about it. It's, 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 as far as they're concerned, it's just, it's just water under the bridge. The article finishes up. It says the tight-lipped CIA chief who wouldn't, wouldn't reveal how accurate the spook was but said the agency dropped the project in 1975. He died, Turner said, and we haven't heard from him since. You know, all the workings of a cover-up here, it seems like you have this guy, Pat Price, who was uh, really good at remote viewing, found a lot of stuff that they didn't intend for him to find, and then mysteriously, he ends up inexplicably dying. Now, this story that I, one of the stories I'd read, I think it's in the video, talked about that after uh, he died, he was... Uh, cremated without without the the uh, family signing off on it, and that makes it even stranger if that's true. Uh, you know, this kind of goes back to this whole wet weather thing. The idea when people get too close to this UFO stuff, where it threatens the security, uh, maybe on a national security level, or it threatens a deep state personally, uh, they're putting their own lives in danger. That said, I'm not sure who this put off guy is that they're referring to. They never give his first name. But it seems odd to me that, you know, we have this Hal Putoff we see uh, on a lot of the UFO stuff, uh, kind of a celebrity who was reportedly involved in some of the Stargate stuff. 
How it all fits together, who knows? But we do know one thing. Uh, Mount Hayes is the center of a lot of UFO stuff. Uh, Pat Price was a real person who died a very strange death. And the deeper you get into this UFO stuff, the weirder it gets. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.